Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Good morning. Great to see you guys this morning. If you're joining online, we're grateful. If you're here in the room, it's great to see you guys today. Jesus Christ is the greatest communicator who ever lived by all measures as his message has gone forth in greater amounts than any other person that's ever lived. He, he's more quoted than any other person that's ever lived by far. And his message has made a greater impact than anyone who has ever lived. And, and Jesus's communication style was driven really by two things. One is he told great stories. And second, he asked great questions. One person counted and, and, and believes that, that Jesus in the Gospels is recorded asking 339 questions. And, and over these next weeks, we're going to look at 10 of, of Jesus's greatest, most power-packed questions that have the most impact for our lives today. There's a guy who wrote a book, Jesus is the Question, and, and he, he said this, Jesus was 40 times as likely to ask a question as he was to answer one directly. He was 20 times as likely to offer an indirect answer as he was a direct one. Jesus loved to ask questions more than he loved to answer them. And so today we're going to look at a very important question. If you have your Bibles, go over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, verse 27. Jesus asked this, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Experts tell us that anxiety has become the number one mental health issue in North America. And roughly a third of Americans at some point in their life will struggle with anxiety at, at a clinical level. And, and my question is this, we're, we're the, among the wealthiest people that have ever lived. We experience some of the greatest healthcare of, of, of anyone that's ever lived. We experience greater environmental safety than, than most people that have ever lived, yet we are among the most anxious, most worried people ever to live. And, and here's, my, here's my big idea for you today. I believe the reasons that so many of us deal with so much worry, I believe it happens when we make the, the, uh, the wrong things in our lives too big and we make the right things in our lives too small. And so we're gonna look here in Matthew chapter six. Jesus asked this question in verse 27, but we're gonna look at these verses around that question a little bit. Beginning in verse 25, Jesus says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you're gonna eat or drink. Now, some of you, even in this sermon, might fall into a trap that I've fallen into while listening to a sermon. I'm in the sermon, and then my, my, I'm listening to the sermon, and then my mind begins to wonder to, what are we gonna have for lunch today? Has that ever happened to you mid-sermon? Does that ever happen to you to the point where you have whispered or texted your spouse, what are we having for lunch today? Jesus says, do not worry about what you're gonna eat or drink. And he's saying this to people that when they would worry about what they're gonna eat or drink, it wasn't about what restaurant are we gonna go to, it is are we going to actually have any food or drink to, to consume? 
He says, don't worry about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food or the body more than clothes. Now, a little tip, whenever you're reading the Bible and, and the beginning of the sentence begins with, therefore, the writer is inviting us to reflect back on what was just spoken or what was just written. And so when Jesus says, therefore, do not worry, he's tying it back to what he was just talking about in these previous verses we see in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Because they're temporary. Where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He says, don't, don't focus on things, they don't last. And then he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, those things last. See, here's the thing. Many times we begin to be gripped by worry when we are making temporary things big and eternal things small. And so Jesus says, don't worry. And it's right after he's saying, hey, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. They are temporary. They will wear out. They will rust out. They will get out of style. Someone could take them from you. And one day you're going to leave them. They're all temporary. He says, instead, focus on storing up treasures in heaven. Why? Because they never wear out. They never rust out. No one can take them from you. And when you leave, they stay with you forever. But when we begin to make temporary things big and eternal things small, worry can begin to take over our lives. Because the more my mind is focused on temporary things, the more I'm going to worry because I know that something can happen to these things. They can break, they can be destroyed, they can be taken from you. And I know that, that these things can go away and ultimately they will go away. But the more my mind is focused on eternal things, the less I'm going to worry because we know that all these things can't and ultimately won't be taken from us. Let's keep reading in this passage, verse 28. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Then skipping to verse 28, Jesus is giving us two word pictures to communicate the same message. And why do you worry about clothes? And see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See, worry can begin to take over our lives when we are, begin to make our perceived needs big and our real value small. See, when I worry, I am both amplifying my problems and I'm undermining my value. We, we are amplifying, see the thing is worry, that all the data says that most of the stuff we worry about isn't worth worrying about. 40% of the things we worry about are about things that'll never happen. 30% of the things we worry about are things that might happen, but if they do, we don't have the power to change them or stop them. They're things that cannot be changed. Changed. 15% of the things we worry about are about untrue criticism. What are they thinking about me? What are they saying about me? And then 10% are about things that are related to our health that actually only get worse by worrying. And so when we worry, we're amplifying our problems, but at the same time, we're undermining our real value. So Jesus here, he's saying, hey, hey, birds don't worry. God takes care of them. And by the way, you matter a whole lot more than birds. And flowers don't worry, 
and God takes care of them. And by the way, you matter a whole lot more than flowers. And so what happens when we're, we begin to be gripped by worry when we lose sight of just how valuable we are to God? See, the thing about anxiety is, that you, is you can't force yourself to not have it. It, it it's, it's like, have you ever had seen someone that's really upset and you're like, stop being so upset? It never works. They always get more upset. And, and, and the same goes with, with our anxiety. If you're like, tell yourself, stop being so anxious. It doesn't help. What, what, what can help is, is when we begin to replace our focus on things that actually alleviate our anxiety. And so what Jesus here is inviting us to do in moments of worry is to consider how, how valuable we are to God and to consider just how much he cares for us, how much we matter to him. Our true value is that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made and that God knows who we are. The Bible tells us he even knows how many hairs are on our head. Now, for some people, it's easier to count than others. And he's proved his love for us and Christ dying in our place. And so when I feel anxiety, when I feel worry, I can take my focus off, off these amplified problems in my mind and, and begin to put my focus on remembering how great my value, how much I actually matter to God. That he made me, he loves me, I am his child that the scripture says that he who did not spare his own son, will he not also give us all things? I am secure in him and that I can cast my cares on him because he cares for me. See, many times we begin to be gripped by worry when we make our illusions of power and control big and God's actual power small. This is our key question for the day, verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? See, at the root, anxiety and worry is about distrust. It's, a, it's about this rejection of our limitations. We find ourselves in situations that feel out of control, but, but we, are, we convince ourselves that if I actually just think about it enough and worry about it enough, it actually makes us feel as though we can have some impact on, 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 on what happens. But Jesus says, how many of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? He says, what he's saying is worry is worthless. Worry is powerless. Nothing good comes out of your worry, but it's this illusion we have where we want to feel in control. We want to feel like if we just think hard enough, it's going to make a difference, but Jesus says it's, it's not helpful. He said, no matter how hard you think about the future, you do not have the power to control it with your thoughts. And, and when we sit in our worries, as opposed to turning them to prayers, what we're saying is we think, I think my worries are more powerful than God himself. And so Jesus is saying, your worry's worthless. Who can add an hour to your life by, 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 by worrying? It's worthless, it's ineffective. And, and here's the thing, not only is worry not helpful, it is actually harmful to me. The word worry comes from this Anglo-Saxon word that, that literally means to choke or to strangle. It's, this, it's, this, it's a good description of what happens when we're gripped by, by worry. It's this kind of mental and emotional strangulation that then leads to all sort of mental and physical anguish in our life. 
Uh, study after study has shown that, that worry and anxiety could both cause and worsen a great number of, of both mental and physical ailments. Things like this. It could cause the weakening of the immune system, making you more likely to have colds or other infections. High blood pressure, upset stomach, ulcers, acid reflux, increased rapid heartbeat and heart palpitations. I sound like one of those disclaimers at the end of a medicine commercial. <laughs> Panic attacks, cardiovascular problems, increase in blood sugar levels, irritable bowel problems, backaches, headaches, migraines, sleep problems, chronic fatigue, respiratory problems, heavy breathing, worsening of skin conditions. And so Jesus says, hey, how many of you by, by worry could add a single hour to your life? He says, worry's not helpful. And, and it shows us worry is actually harmful. We begin to be gripped by worry when we are making our anxieties big and our uniqueness small. Verse 31, Jesus says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, for the people that, that don't know me, the people that don't know God, the people that aren't my followers. He says, for the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. What Jesus is saying is he says, when we allow, allow ourselves to be gripped with worry and anxiety, is we're acting like people that don't know God. We're acting like people that aren't in relationship with God. We're, we're acting like, we, we're like, like everybody else. Everybody else goes through life worried about all these things and stressed out about all these things. He says, and so when we go through life like that, he says, we are, we, we're, we're diminishing our uniqueness. We're not even acting like Christians. It, it, it's this, I, when you and I worry about our jobs, our health, our money, or whether we're gonna get the mortgage we wanna get, our kids' schools, our cars, and our clothes, we're acting like the world. When we go through life just constantly fearful about what's gonna happen with the economy, we're acting like we don't know God. When we go through life and constantly fearful about the future of our country, we're acting like people whose hope is in this here and now, not whose hope is in God. So Jesus is saying, hey, when you do that, you're acting, you're acting like lost people. You're acting like people that, that don't know me. I, I believe that, that when we're, we're dominated by worry, it's to show that our ultimate hope is not in a loving, caring father, but in the things of this world. Our, our hope isn't in God, it's in all the things that we are worried about. I believe the worst, the worst advertisement for Christianity is mean, angry, hateful people that claim the name of Christ. That's the worst advertisement. I believe the second worst advertisement is fearful, scared, anxious, worried people who, who take the name of Christ. And here's what I see many times. Many times, these angry people what looks like anger really is fear and anxiety being manifest as anger. And so Jesus says, when you go through life all worried and stressed and anxious, I mean, he says that's what people that, don't, that don't, aren't in relationship with the heavenly father that loves them, 
That, that, that's, that's for people who, whose, whose home isn't, isn't rest, it locked up in heaven and secure. It's, it's people whose home is here and in the, in the now and, and in these circumstances. He says, when you do that, your uniqueness as my children, it's fully hidden. You're just acting like everybody else. I believe we begin to be gripped with worry when we are making our goals, priorities, agenda, and kingdom big and his small. Here's what Jesus says, common verse, Matthew 6, Jesus says, but seek first. He says, don't worry, You're, don't act like everybody else. Instead, seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We don't think often about kings and kingdoms, and so just to kind of unpack that a little bit, I'd encourage you, whenever you see in the scripture talking about God's kingdom, you wanna think in terms of God's rule and reign, but the fact that we don't have kings and kingdoms, even that's hard for us to wrap our head around, the idea of a rule and the reign of a king or a queen. And, and, and so I would encourage you to, to think about, when you think kingdom, think, think goals, priorities, and agenda. When we get a new president, everyone talks about, hey, what is your agenda for, the, for your presidency? What, what are your goals and priorities for the first 100 days? What, what is your rule in your reign going to look like? It's, going, it's, it's defined by goals, priorities, and agenda. And so here's the truth. Most of our worry comes from fearing that things will not turn out as I hope they will. Much of our worry come from these fears that I won't have as much money as I want to have. I won't have the relationship I want to have. I won't live as long as I want to live. My kids won't be as successful as I want them to be. The stock market won't go in the direction I want it to go. My political party won't have the power in the country. Most of my Fears are rooted, and a root, must about my worry is rooted in these fears that my goals and my agenda and my priorities, my preferences for how life would go, that they won't come to pass. But what Jesus is calling us to is to lay aside our focus and commitment to our kingdom to the, our rule and reign of both of our personal life and of the world in general, to lay aside our kingdom by laying aside our focus on our goals and priorities and our agenda, these things that cause us to worry, and instead to embrace his kingdom and his goals, his priorities and his agenda. And when we do that, here's what he says. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the goals, priorities, and agenda of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things that everybody else goes through life stressed out about and worried about and anxious about. Everything that everyone else goes through life making everything all about. He says, I'll take care of those things and all these things will be added unto you. If you get nothing else out of this message, get these next two things. Worry is almost always a sign of wrong priorities. 
So if I begin to be gripped by worry, fear, anxiety, it's, it's this alarm bell going off saying, in this moment, my priorities are not quite right. I am not living in a moment where I have laid aside my kingdom, my focus on all of my preferences, priorities, agenda, and goals, and, and I've not laid those aside to embrace his kingdom, goals, agenda, and priority. It, it's, it's this moment where usually worry is driven by wrong priorities. Here's the next thing. Usually, the thing that we tend to worry the most about is the thing which we care the most about. And so if you find yourself in a moment where you are gripped with worry uh, about your finances, what that is a sign of is in this moment, that is the most important thing to you. It's what I would call, what's been called, a, a functional God. Whatever is most important to you is your God. And so if you have regular patterns of being gripped with worry about your finances, in those moments, your finances have become the most important thing to you, and it's become a functional God for you. If you are regularly gripped with worry about your children, in those moments, those children have become the most important thing to you. They have become a functional God for you. If you're regularly gripped with worry about the future of our country, and that moment, that has become the most important thing to you, and it's become a functional God for you. We tend to worry about the thing, we tend to worry the most about that which we care the most about. And so what Jesus here is saying is when I care the most about God, when I seek first the kingdom of God, when I care the most about God, his agenda, his goals, his priorities, I have no need to worry. He says in all these things that everyone else is stressed and anxious and worried about, he says, I'll take care of those things. When I care the most about God and his kingdom, he says he'll take care of the stuff most people worry about. Here's a great story to illustrate this. One of Napoleon's generals, General Mueller Messina, suddenly appeared with 18,000 soldiers before an Austrian town, which had no means of defending itself. No military, no soldiers there. The town council met certain that capitulation and surrender was the only answer. The old priest of the church reminded the council that it was Easter and begged them to hold services as usual and to leave the trouble in God's hands. They followed the priest's advice. The priest went to the church and rang the bells to announce the service. Get this. The French soldiers heard the church bells ring and concluded that the Austrian army had come to rescue the town. These French soldiers broke camp and retreated, they fled before the bells had ceased ringing. Now on the one hand, nothing miraculous about French soldiers running away. <laughs> but we see this, if you're French, whatever. And so uh, the, uh, but this picture of, of this idea of seeking first, the kingdom of God, God's priorities, God's agendas, God's goal, 
and all the other things that everyone worries about, God takes care of. Here's the last thing and we're done. We end up being gripped by worry when we're making living in the past and the future big and living in the present small. Here's what Jesus said, verse 34. He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The cartoonist Walt Kelly said it this way. Worry is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, assurance of disaster, and belief in defeat. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. See, we have to come to this spot where we embrace the truth that God can handle both my past and my future. That he's able to give different meaning and understanding and context of the events of our past, freeing us from bad thinking and wrong conclusions about our past. And he's the one who has promised to be with us and take care of us into the future, not just in this life, but forever and ever. And that I have to learn to live with him in the moment. See, God's not, God was present with you in the past. God will be present with you in the future, but, but God can only be present actually with you now. He is present with us in the moment. And any of you guys see that movie uh, 300, the movie 300, anyone who's here? Really shouldn't see movies, really shouldn't see rated R movies. Not sure what's wrong with you guys. Um, actually, it's a great movie. And the story here is we see in that, in that movie, in, the film, uh, in this film, it's 480 BC, and, and this, this, this Sparks, the, the Sparta's army, the Spartan army led by King Leonidas, they, they are outnumbered in historic proportions, hundreds and hundreds to one, outmanned like no army's ever been outmanned and had any sort of fighting chance. King Leonidas and his army and the Spartans, they held off the Persian troops of Xerxes by fighting them one at a time as they came through a very narrow mountain pass. Commenting on this strategy, the great English preacher of the late 1800s, Charles Spurgeon, said this. He said, suppose Leonidas and his handful of men had gone out into the wide open plain and attacked the Persians. He says, they would have all died at once, even though they might have fought like Lions. Spurgeon continues to say that what happens, I love this phrase, Christians stand in the narrow pass of today. If they choose to battle every difficulty at once, they're sure to suffer defeat. If you're constantly looking at all the problems of yesterday and all of the potential problems of tomorrow, that will fully overwhelm and destroy you but we stand in this narrow pass of today. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Each day has enough worries. And he says, focus on what is before you today. Corey Ten Boom said it this way. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. So really this whole idea is that that we begin to be gripped and controlled by worry when we make the wrong things too big in our life and we make the right things too small in our life. And so when we begin to be gripped by worry, it's this invitation 
to flip that script. And instead of making the, the wrong things too big and the right things too small, it's an invitation to ask God to help you to begin to make the right things big and the wrong things small. When worry comes, make, make, make turning to God in prayer big. When worry comes, make focusing on God's power and faithfulness big. When worry comes, make focusing on God's care and love for you big, that he cares about you far more than birds and he cares about you far more than flowers. He cares about you enough to prove it once and for all. And Christ dying in our place, he cares for you. Make focusing on his love and care big. When worry comes, make focusing on eternal things big. You know, when you begin to worry and you begin to feel overwhelmed by worry, sometimes it's a great practice just to show how temporary it all is to ask yourself, how, many, how much of the stuff I'm worrying about is gonna matter in a week? How much of the stuff I'm worrying about is gonna matter in a month? How much of the stuff I'm worrying about is gonna matter in a year? And how much of it's gonna worry, is gonna matter in a hundred years? You go through that process, you realize everything I'm worried about is temporary stuff. And so ask God to help you. Say, God, would you help me to make temporary stuff small and eternal things big? I love what 1 Peter 5, 7 says in the New Living Translation. Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Why don't we do that together? Let's pray. I imagine most of us, over this last 30 minutes, there's been one, two, maybe more, maybe three or more, probably for a lot of us, one or two things that we've just been thinking about. Yep, that's, that's what I worry about. Could be physical health, could be family stuff, kids stuff, relationship stuff, financial stuff, stuff about our country, stuff about our economy. And I just wanna invite you in this moment, whatever those one or two biggest things are for you, just in this moment, just cast those on him because he cares for you. Just, you. just even just voice those to the Lord in your mind. And just say, God, I, I've, I've been, I've allowed myself to be gripped by worry in this area. And God, I don't, I don't, I don't wanna keep living that way. I wanna cast this care on you, this anxiety, this fear, this worry. I give it to you because you care for me because you can do something about it, because you can carry it better than I can. And then ask the Lord so that in the moments where worry begins to control you and to grip your life, that his spirit would prompt you and enable you. to make those wrong things that have become big in your life to become small. Your focus on those would get small as your focus on these right things. God's goodness, his faithfulness, his love for you, eternal things. That those things would, would become big in your heart, big in your mind, 
that those would be the things you focus on. And as you do that, that, that worry would leave. So Father, we do just cast our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, I pray that we would be people who would be anxious for nothing. But in everything, when anxiety comes, that we would just turn it to prayer, casting our cares on you because you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, but before Dusty comes, I wanna say this. For some of you, this is the biggest struggle in your life. And I wanna invite you, if that's you, if this is one of the things that is big struggle for you in your life. After the service, we've always got people available for prayer. But if this is that thing in your life that you're like, hey, this is a big thing for me. I w- there's people that would love to pray for you that you would experience a breakthrough in that. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.